Coming up on the WAC Podcast, we wrap up the golf and tennis championships. Wish you a happy May the 4th be with you. Baseball had a huge night this week. We'll uh, wrap up what's happening in baseball and softball as we head down the home stretch. We got a new sponsor for some of those championships, and Kendra has a really good story on one of the most unique athletes in the WAC. That's all ahead on the WAC Podcast. Welcome to the WAC Podcast. Today's episode is presented by Hercules Tires. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Danner and Kendra Sheehan. If you're a Star Wars fan, today is your day. May the 4th be with you. That's right. Star Wars, May the 4th force. How funny. Anyway, I've seen all the Star Wars. Have you? Uh, you know, I used to be into Star Wars when I was a kid. I had the little figures that would probably be no. worth a lot of money if I hadn't just beat them up because I played uh, like uh, Star Wars football with them. Had oh. a little league going, a little, little Luke Skywalker v. Darth Vader. Uh, oh. But uh, once the first three were over, which I think are now considered the prequels, even though they were the originals, um, I have not really got into the whole six movies following i i did maybe on the on the post ones okay but i couldn't tell you who's who i know darth vader luke skywalker han solo princess leia yoda the biggies chewbacca chewy well (laughs) if you're a fan you should head over to our twitter page take a vote on which is your favorite star wars trilogy right now we have the originals Going at 76%, the prequels, prequels, 23%, 0% for the sequels. I guess that wasn't a big hit for, for the fan base over at the WAC. Yes, no but love for them. No love for them. But you know what? May championships, our final spring championships. But before we get into those, we should probably break down our last few championships that happened at the end of the month as you wrapped up a 12-day extravaganza trip all over the country well mainly the west side but yeah and it was a very entertaining trip it was a lot of fun started with women's golf which was up at semiyamu golf club up in blaine washington so close to Canada that when you looked across the water, you saw Victoria, you saw the skyline of Victoria. And when you're on the golf course, uh, occasionally went into roaming on the uh, cell phone because oh, you're wow. so near Canada. Beautiful area, cranes, you know, there I saw a bald eagle, first time ever in person. Bald eagle. Bald eagle. Yeah, uh, and it was on a uh, on a tree over by the hotel. Wow. Yes. Yes. Majestic animal, as they say. Majestic. Right by Canada, too. Right by Canada. And so golf-wise, we had some, as as is in the brochure, as I said to Tony Jones, uh, a little bit of moisture on the course, you know, a little bit of rain. Never enough to delay it. Never enough to stop around, but enough to make it wet, you know, and a little bit rainy, needing a raincoat, need a little, little rain cover on the camera type stuff. But uh, winds up being a, a very entertaining tournament. Sam Houston 
wins the team title individually came down to four players were tied for the lead at the end so we have a four player playoff we had a four-way tie for an individual winner playoff between Haley Lowe of, of California Baptist, Ariana Morris of Seattle U, Sarah Boranson from Southern Utah, and Jennifer Herbst of Sam Houston. Herbst and Lowe both sink very long putts. They advance to the second hole. Haley Lowe then wins the uh, individual championship. So hadn't seen a four-person playoff before. So very exciting. Everybody kind of gathers around. You get the golf carts out, and it was uh, very exciting to see. Well, then your trip, your golf trip didn't stop there. You kept going, and it wasn't in the same location. You made your way over to Boulder Creek, Boulder City. Boulder City, Boulder Creek Golf Club, correct. All right. Where the men's golf championship, now that's where it was last year as well, correct? I, I believe the last couple of years, yes. Okay. This is my first time going, but uh, again, uh, outside of Vegas, the mountains, very very beautiful course, uh, but very different conditions. It was 98 degrees one day, 97 one day, as opposed to Semiamu, where it was in the 50s and kind of drizzly all day. Uh, it was very hot and uh, as you would expect in a desert. And very good competition there. Came down to the wire again with the team race, Grand Canyon, coming out on top in that one. And this is GCU's first time winning the WAC tournament as a uh, Division One member. So they get the automatic ticket to the NCAAs. So congratulations to Mark Mueller and the staff at, at GCU and their golfers. One through five, they, they were solid. And team golf, the way it works, you get the top four scores count. One score gets thrown out, the lowest one. GCU was so good. Any of the five would have counted for, I think, every team. Well, then it was cool. GCU gets their first ever men's golf championship, but it was a guy from New Mexico State that was breaking records out there. Yes, Garrison Smith. Uh, sets a new whack record and and the you look at the scores Kendra and they were unbelievable at the at the men's golf tournament and in very difficult conditions especially the last day very windy which anybody who plays golf knows that uh, wind is not your friend GCU won with a score of 34 under par as a team compare that to when it went to Hutchinson uh, several years ago the team that won I think was plus 23 Wow. So uh, minus 34, they were they were knocking on the door of the record there in terms of, uh, of the the best score in, in a WAC championship ever. They were paired up with New Mexico State, Sam Houston. There was a time on the live scoring New Mexico State had jumped in front in the final round. Grand Canyon really on the back nine came through. They get that 34 under. New Mexico State finishes second, Sam Houston finishing in third, and those were the three teams that were playing together. But yes, on the individual side, Garrison Smith, New Mexico State, sets a new whack record, 19 under par for the three rounds. Shot a 64 on day one, 65, and then 68. Garrison Smith, by the way, hometown, Mansfield, Texas. I bet you guys were just chatting it up there on the so golf Garrison, course. We're talking about Meehan's Steakhouse. We're talking about the HEB that's coming oh, to Mansfield. Man. 
his parents were there, very nice people. So uh, congratulations. His mom actually works at UTA. How about that? How about uh, that? To bring it into the WAC, uh, but a uh, fabulous golfer now done with his eligibility at New Mexico State. But the good news for Garrison, he gets to continue on into the NCAAs as he earns the automatic ticket as the individual winner in uh, going to the NCAAs. Along with his teammate, Aiden Thomas, he also qualified as an individual. And we're talking about the regionals. Uh, Brady McKinley from Utah Valley and then Brett Gray from Sam Houston also qualify for regionals as individuals so congratulations to those four golfers along with grand canyon going as a team and that was announced they'll be playing at morgan hill california for the uh, 2023 ncaa men's golf regionals see it's like golf is such a team sport but also individual making it you know that much more exciting for grand canyon who had to put all the pieces together to win that aq and then it's nice to see some of those top golfers with teams that might not have had as strong of a solid five be able to uh advance to the next round and while you were over there i had a very very long road trip i drove up the road to the Arlington Tennis Center, where we had our men's and women's tennis championships this past week. And we were pretty nervous because we had some pretty horrific weather on Wednesday, which was the practice day. So really most teams uh, came in, picked up their packets and it was cold. They just didn't really do a whole lot of practice. So Thursday they came in and we were nervous about the weather. No rain, no, there was maybe a 15 minute period on Friday where there was a few sprinkles and we pushed the match back about, you know, 15, 20 minutes, but for the most part, nothing, uh, you know, no, no problems there. Wind we thought might've been a factor. Um, usually you can't play over 20 miles an hour winds. We were sitting right at that 18, 19 for a, for a little bit. So we were closely watching that, but it was a really exciting championship uh, for the men. We had UTA who was new to the WAC this year, and they just had a dominant regular season. They went undefeated five and oh, they earned the bye because our men's bracket is smaller. So two teams earned buys to the semis, which was Abilene Christian and UT Arlington, Abilene Christian, the defending WAC tournament champions under head coach Juan Nunez. So, of course, ultimately, it comes down to those two, the one, the two in the championship. And, man, the Mavericks have such a solid squad. They went 5-0 and in the semis, which tennis fans are like, wait, what? 5-0? and Because yeah, you need points to win. Well, here's what happened in that semifinal game over. I'm on one court thinking it's going to clinch. There's another court that's close. That court actually clinches. So you hear the big cheers and I'm over here with my camera like, darn it. But it happened that court was playing that final point. So you play out the point. He won two. So technically uh-huh. we had to call the the officials, called the the National Tennis Association. I mean, we got we got full verification that it was because it happened, it was a simultaneous clinch so five no just completely you know very dominant performance and then they come into you know the championship abilene christian they win the doubles point and then just pow 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 four and oh anton shep the number one 
singles player is the last guy to clinch that final point. He's been phenomenal all season. So that was a really cool moment for him. If you want to hear more about him, you can go to our Instagram where we did an IG live with Anton Shep out of New Zealand. He's a sophomore, bright future ahead. So they, they really uh, just absolutely came out and crushed it. I believe they'll be playing at TCU this weekend. I believe that's where they were set to play. And then on the women's side, we had a, we have uh, more teams in there. So there were no automatic, uh, no buys to the semis. So everybody had to play. And, you know, Tarleton, who was making their first appearance in the WAC tournament was so solid. They came in, they make it to the championship. And then you have Grand Canyon, a team who was the four seed who got knocked out round one of last year's tournament. I got a chance to talk to Natasha Puza, who's their number one singles player. Her parents were there and they were like, man, last year it was in Beaumont, Texas. They travel from Phoenix. They're like, it was a really long way to travel to get knocked out in the first round. So they were super excited to play in the championship. And that was just everything you want a tennis championship to be. It came down to, it was tied up three, three. It was uh, actually Tarleton had a three, one lead. Grand Canyon battles back. Natasha Puza gets a point. It makes it three, three. And then it's down to the, the number two singles and it goes all the way to, you know, they're tied up. It goes to the tie break. They're six, six. I mean, it went down to the end and Santa Strombaca finishes out the long rally to win it. And then Grand Canyon is now headed to the NCAA tournament. Grand Canyon will be at Pepperdine in Malibu. The Pepperdine Waves ranked number nine in the country. They'll play Friday, 1 p.m. Pacific time. And you're right, Kendra, UTA men will be at TCU. So not too far away in Fort Worth, you know, not not a far road trip. (laughs) Uh, And that'll be on Friday at 5 p.m. Central time. TCU, by the way, the number two ranked team in the country. So, uh, tough, tough draws uh, as as is normally the case in tennis. But uh, UTA, as you mentioned, a, a very uh, dominant uh, type performance, and GCU winning on the exciting final point to get to uh, Malibu. So, congratulations to both of those teams. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk baseball on the WAC podcast. We would like to thank our partners, Hercules Tires, Ticket Smarter, and Adidas. Now, back to the WAC Podcast. Welcome back to the WAC Podcast. Eric Danner and Kendra Sheehan. Kendra, baseball had a huge night. This was on Tuesday. Two wins over top 25 teams a win o- and two wins over Power 5 schools. So, GCU knocks off Arizona. Abilene Christian knocks off uh, Baylor. And then Sam Houston had a big win. Over UTSA. Yes. Number 22 ranked. And then how about California Baptist? They knock off University of California Santa Barbara, number nine, six to four. So big wins for the WAC in baseball, which has been happening all year long. And it's going to make for a great WAC baseball tournament coming up in just a few short weeks, Kendra. And as we look at the WAC baseball standings, 
heading down the home stretch officially now. We have Sam Houston in first place. They've won five in a row, 18-6, and six, had the big win on Tuesday, as did Grand Canyon. They've now won four in a row, so they seem to have righted the ship. Again, they played a very tough schedule, so maybe that record not indicative of how good their team is, even though they're in second place right now. UTA right now in third place. California Baptist with the big win in fourth. Abilene Christian with the big win. And again, there's going to be a good team or two, Kendra, that does not qualify for the WAC baseball tournament. Yeah, only eight teams make it in. So if we're just looking at the standings now, Utah Valley is that last team that would get into the spot. But if you look at, you know, games back, everyone is really, really close. It's going to come down to, you know, the final week. Stephen F. Austin is right there. Sacramento State, perennial powerhouse is right there. Then Tarleton, New Mexico State, our last year's winner, and uh, Utah Tech. So it's going to be a battle to the end. And then, you know, as we we saw in, in the tournament last year, once you make it to Mesa, it's anybody's game. It is. And uh, we're, we're kind of running short on time here, Kendra. So we're going to jump ahead now to softball, which will be coming up next week. So the regular season wrapping up this weekend, Utah Tech in very good position to win their first WAC championship in the sport of softball, 16-5, and five, heading into the final week. Grand Canyon also number two in softball, Stephen F., number three, Tarleton, number four. So those two transitioning schools from D2 to D1, both in really good shape as we head into the WAC tournament. And again, it's going to be a lot of, again, I got to get out the abacus and, and see what the tiebreakers are because it's coming down to the final week as far as seeds and then also who gets into the tournament. Yeah, we were talking about it internally with our softball group of, you know, how many ties are and how we have to go and break them. And it's tough because not all schools play each other. So then it goes down to win percentage. And there's so many teams that are just on the cusp that we really don't know who's going to be there yet. And it's just going to make a really exciting last week of the season. University Credit Union will be sponsoring both the WAC baseball and softball tournaments. You can find out more about that on our website. And before we uh, go to the next segment, Kendra. You, you did a story on Martin Gasparini, the uh, baseball player from former baseball player, professional who turned javelin thrower at Grand Canyon. Yes, this is an exciting story. You want to check it out. Released today, Thursday, um, and it's it's just a really cool story of a guy who played baseball in Italy, came to the United States, and then you know he is he passion for the sport kind of faded decided hey what else can I what else can I try I'm going to pursue an education and maybe I want to still try division one sports found the javelin throw thought it was like a baseball not like a baseball he learned and but quickly has become one of the top javelin throwers recorded the eighth best time in the nation last year and so that's just a really cool story that uh we'll be releasing Today, you don't want to miss it as he looks to defend his 2022 WAC Outdoor Track and Field Championship in the Javelin Throw next weekend. And you can also see Kendra throwing the Javelin as well, not part of the story, but the tease for the story. And uh, I don't think that you would probably place in the WAC with that throw you, well, you showed. 
what I would say is one Martin great teacher because yes. in the video, the stick lands and that is not easy to do. That was about attempt number seven. Okay. okay. And, uh, not as easy, you know, you throw it and this is a big eight foot stick. It could just slice off your ear if you just do it wrong. So oh, you no, know, I would not place in the whack, but I got it to <laughs> land and that was a victory for me. Very good. Uh, and, and good for you for trying new things as well. That's right. Always Com got it. Coming up next, we're going to have Kendra's interview with the new head women's basketball coach at Seattle U, Skylar Young. You're listening to the WAC Podcast. Hercules Tires is the official tire of the Western Athletic Conference and for more than 65 years has been providing tires with unbeatable quality at an unmatched value. Whatever the vehicle and whatever the terrain, Hercules Tires invites you to ride on our strength. For a retailer near you, visit HerculesTires.com. Welcome, everybody. I'm Kendra Sheehan, joined with Seattle U's newest head women's basketball coach, Skylar Young. Skylar, thank you so much for agreeing to speak with us and share what we're excited to what you're going to bring to the Red Hawks. Thanks, Kendra. I appreciate you taking the time. So, Well, Coach, let's first get started here. I mean, this is your first essential head coach opportunity. What was going through your mind when you got the call that you were going to be at the helm of the Red Hawks? Uh, definitely uh, a loss for words, but excitement. Uh, definitely been working uh, through this uh, industry and the opportunities I have coaching with the dream and uh aspirations to become a head coach and finally just that being reality it's like it's like great uh, because essentially as you know we'll probably talk further like throughout every program I have worked in every literal position possible uh, within a basketball structure and I just you know obviously never been named or took over a program as a head coach now the biggest thing is I have the final say but uh, I definitely think a lot of stops prepared me uh, for this moment right here. When I was reading some articles about this new hire, you had said that this was kind of like a full circle moment for you. About 18 years ago, you came to Seattle and you worked with the WNBA program with the Storm. And so do you feel like it is this, I mean, how cool of a moment is it to be back in Seattle in this role? Well, it is totally is. It was like, uh, you know, when this opportunity really came to, you know, the reality of actually getting deep into the process um, I always like my career, I always been moving to try to get out to the West coast. So after Bradley, I took the the dive and went out to, uh, Weber state and all in Utah. Um, and then just trying to strive to get back out here. Then I got to Portland. I was like, well, I'm back in the Northwest. I love it here. And then this opportunity came and it was like, this is, is the job for me. Cause I've been trying to get back to Seattle, love the city, uh, love the environment. And it's a basketball city. Like it's a basketball town, especially a women's basketball town. Um, and hopefully get some more fans in the stands. So. Absolutely. Now you spent the last five seasons over at University of Portland in the WCC as the assistant coach. What is the biggest difference in being an assistant coach, an associate head coach, and now being a head coach? Well, the biggest difference is, you know, you getting all – the phone calls and all the interviews and, you know, getting pulled at, you know, a thousand directions. And obviously that comes with the territory when you don't officially have a full staff here yet. But the biggest 
transition is you have the final say on everything. Everything falls on you. Every decision falls on you and you got to live with those decisions. So everything's really thought out now and planned out before I really speak or say things now. Um, but that's the thing. That's, that's the fun about it is uh, going through that journey and just making those decisions now. New to the WAC. So have you gotten a chance to uh, reach out to any coaches or has anyone reached out to you in the league to learn all about what, you know, the WAC is about? Uh, you know, a couple, you know, actually we had our first like spring meeting yesterday and I was just like the new kid on the block taking it all in and kind of introduced myself at the end. So it's a lot of coaches I'm kind of familiar with. Actually, uh, Sharika Wright, when I lived out here in Seattle, you know, I met her. And obviously, when she was playing at Purdue, we played her at Western Michigan one year when she was a player there. So uh, that's just a whole full circle moment. Uh, J.D. Gustin, I know him pretty well. He actually reached out with a phone call, Molly Miller. Uh, you know, we text a little bit, but uh, I'm familiar with a lot of head coaches. Dan Nielsen was assistant at BYU when I was at, at Weaver State. And then, you know, it's just a lot of a lot of people I'm familiar with. But now uh, we're competitors. But, uh, you know, it's all going to be sportsmanship competitiveness. Basketball world is certainly a small one. From looking at where you have been, you've been in Utah, you've been in Illinois, Michigan, all over. How do you hope to utilize some of the recruiting connections that you've made and and especially having been at, at you know, University of Portland to bring some of the top talent to Seattle U? Um, I think it's a blessing. I've been like a, a little transplant, you know, through life. Uh, when I first left home, I really never came back. But I think, um, well, I know just – soon as this opportunity came and I was named a head coach, I was getting reached out by contacts I have in the Midwest and the East. And I've obviously, you know, internationally as well. So I think it is going to be opportunity to first and foremost, we're going to take care of home uh, and keep the best Se Seattle student athletes home, hopefully. And then, you know, we can branch out to see who's the best fit for this program. Um, but yeah, those, those connections, every stop has helped me in this transition for you know connections what do you anticipate being the biggest challenge as you step into this new role uh I think the challenge is you know you would think it's the buy-in of you know the players to style but I you know I had a workout with this group of student athletes and they're they're eating it up now I think the biggest challenge you know we all gotta understand is the pace of play that we're really gonna play with and um uh, just getting them up to speed and understanding that I'm not going to teach you plays. We're going to run plays, but I'm going to teach you how to play the game of basketball first and foremost and, and giving them uh, some structure, but then the keys to the car to make decisions. So I think that would be the biggest transition uh, as far as me as the coach to student athlete. Um, but other than that, just, you know, definitely getting the staff together. That is definitely a big challenge right, right now. Uh, Hopefully that all comes together soon and then we can all just get on the same page um, and I have my plan or what I have vision for the program, but I'm a very collaborative uh, relationship coach that I'm not going to pretend like I know it all. Um, so I want to collaborate with the staff that we get here and make sure we come up with the best for this program. You kind of touched on a little bit, but what can WAC fans and Seattle U fans expect from the Coach Skyler Young era brand of basketball? <laughs> Ricky Bobby, they play fast, you know, like Ricky Bobby. <laughs> but uh, no, we're, we're definitely going to get up and down the floor. Uh, 
offensively, uh, defensively, we're going to get after you as well. Uh, I will say three things you can expect. You know, we're going to be a driving team. We're going to be a posting team and we're going to be a rebounding team. Now with that, yes, we will make it rain and shoot some threes as well, but um, we're, we're going to play with grit and speed. How much have you gotten a chance to, I know you say you did a workout with them and there's some buy in there, but how much have you gotten a chance to, to get to know some of the current players that are on your roster? Uh, um, you know, as I said, it's really important to me is, is relationship based. Um, and even through just my career, I've always been a relationship coach and, and what has made me successful with recruiting is relationships. So when I first got the job, um, a lot of coaches, you know, you just go out on the road and recruit, you know, to the next. But I thought it was really important that instead of the little video clip that was like two seconds long, like I literally went back uh, to Portland and I sat down and, and met with every player, um, you know, some long meetings, you know, pretty much the shortest ones, probably 25 minutes. So I really wanted to get them know them as individuals first um, and not even talk about basketball. Because if I know what makes you work as a person, it's easier to coach. Lastly, that's awesome. I mean, you have to have, you know, relationships are are so important, especially with the transfer portal and everything. How does that impact, you know, becoming a head coach? And this is such a unique era for basketball in which, you know, the transfer portal is so massive. I mean, the number of names in it, you know, are just insane. <laughs> well, the, the, the portal is popping. That's definitely, uh, <laughs> that's for sure what's going on out there. But, um, you know, it is, it's changed the game and, and you can make some uh, incredible uh, impacts in your program if it's the best fit. But yeah, obviously, you know, we all have to look at the portal, myself, my staff, and yes, my phone's ringing or whatnot, but um, I'm all about taking time with that to make sure it's the best fit for our program. Because no matter how talented you are or anything as a student athlete, we got to make sure it fits um, what we're about and our foundation as we stand for the program. But definitely uh, it, it helps. It's very advantageous in this day and age of building a program. <laughs> Last question for you. What is your initial goals for this next season everyone wants to win but do you have anything specific that you have for your first season in charge <laughs> um i said it before my, my biggest thing is just to be competitive in everything we do uh in every single game everybody you know wants to talk about wins and losses and, and i will be the one that falls upon but uh and i'm prepared for that um but i want to be competitive in every single aspect and make sure this program is growing growing in the right direction. These student athletes improve throughout the season. I'm not worried about, you know, October through December and then January. I'm worried about how much we are going to improve when we get to March and we get to that whack tournament that we have a chance, an opportunity, and a grit, and a determination. Like I said, passion, hustle, determination. We got PhDs. So how far are we into our PhD method when we get to that conference tournament that we can hopefully make some things happen? I love it. PhD. <laughs> that was head coach Skylar Young, the newest Seattle U women's basketball head coach, the sixth head coach in their program history. Thank you so much for joining and we look forward to working with you this year. Thank you, Kendra. Appreciate you. Thanks for listening to the WAC Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And check out our website at WACSports.com.